Owls on Culture Podcast, Episode 2, Jumanji! Welcome to the Owls on Culture Podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Hello and welcome to the Owls on Culture Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here as always with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what's new in your world, buddy? Well, it's around Christmas and I want to talk about some of my favorite traditions. Your, or Michael Owl's, um, mother used to always make quiche on Christmas, so we always do that every Christmas day, and the quiche never ceases to amaze the taste buds so i love I'm, it a shout out i'm super excited piece. to that my mom was much great better that. than fruitcake <laughs> it is much better than fruitcake mom was awesome about always having that so yeah we're doing that and i'm gonna bring up another uh mom one tradition that's one of my favorites also is uh when we used to put up the tree or just kind of be hanging around you know christmas vacation she would always make this like cranberry tea and have a hot plate or sometimes it was like cider, and it would just be on there, and so you can go and grab some. And I used to feel very sophisticated and adult by being able to take my Christmas mug and go get myself some more warm and hot tea. Uh, and it always like smelled great. You know, it was like that Aspen Mullen spices or whatever. And I could have just butchered that. I don't know. Yeah, um, I've been I've been smelling them for the past few days. Yeah, oh, been, uh, I've been using great. that uh, that Wassel Spices from uh, the Grove Park Inn in North Carolina. Kind of has that same kind of, I don't know, just just reminds me of Christmas. Uh, what are we talking about today, Hank Harris? We're talking about Jumanji. We are talking about Jumanji. So Jumanji is based on and kind of a sequel to a movie in the 1980s. And in that movie, Jumanji, the... There was a board game that kind of came to life, and I think uh, you had Robin Williams in it. It did pretty well, and it was kind of fun. Um, different wild animals, you know, from the jungle of Jumanji uh, came to life and interacted with the people in, quote, the real world uh, playing, playing the board game. And so what they've done in this version of it is kind of updated it. Instead of a board game, it's a video game, and it's kind of a cool concept. Hank, did you like the concept? I really like the concept. Like, imagine being sucked into like your favorite video game. Like, uh, I think everyone's imagined that. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty fun idea. Yeah, like some people would like to get sucked into like GTA, or some people would like to get sucked into like many games. So how did they do on executing that concept? And we can talk about the characters and stuff later on. But just in general, like, what do you think of the, how, they, how they handled that? What's the gameplay of the gameplay? They handle it very well. Like some of the NPCs, non-playable characters, like they did it very well of making fun of how they can only say like, lines they're programmed to say like some will keep like repeating things and only answer to one character yeah they played it pretty straight as far as like you know doing what a video game how acting how a video game would act like they had certain levels they had to get to right there was like certain sections okay and this is it's cool for storytelling because 
you know, video games these days really are nice lessons in storytelling, same way movies are. So you had like you gotta we gotta overcome something to get to level one, and you learn something or do something to go to level two and level three, and thus far, you know, on and on, right? Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the characters that go on this journey, uh, and you can Hank, you I don't know if you want to talk about them before they are into the game or afterwards, or we want to talk about that transition or or how you want to do this, but go for it. Um, I'll talk about how they are in the beginning. You'll talk about the transition. And I'll talk about how they are then. All right, sounds good. So in the beginning, there's the nerdy kid who gets into tension by doing the jocks homework for him so he doesn't get kicked off the team. There's the popular girl who, like, always on her phone, and the shy girl yeah and each one of these characters in the intro they get their own scene that kind of sets up who they are right the the funniest one to me was the popular girl she's on on the laying down on the couch she's got her camera up in the air doing a selfie she's clearly has makeup on she's got like her coffee and like a writing pad or a pen or something like that off to her left, but inside the view of the camera. And she adjusts, you know, the how it looks. She moves the coffee cup a little bit to make it look better. She kind of moves her hair a little bit to make it look better. And then she takes a picture and posts it to Instagram or whatever saying, you know, hey, just woke up, you know, love my life, so blessed, hashtag, you know, whatever. Uh, so I would love that. That just encapsulated kind of who she was like immediately. And of course, she also had another scene where she was on her phone in during class, and the teacher busts her, and how she handles that like it sums up who she is. Like, boom, this is who she is. Yeah, they they I wouldn't say they did that very well. Some moments were very cliche. They could have done it better, but it was still pretty decent. I thought it was pretty decent. I, I thought it was efficient and amusing because they don't have much time to set these characters up, right? The whole point of the movie is to get in the game and play the game. So I thought considering the fact that they were trying to be quick and uh, and trying to be funny, I think they pretty much succeeded that with her, at least. Yeah, they, they did succeed. Yeah, they did succeed it with her. I think the most uncliche person was the shy girl. Oh, see, I, I don't think so. I, I disagree with that because I thought her scene... Because the shy girl scene when she was in the gym, they're doing PE, and she's like, I'm not going to do PE. How is this going to help me advance in college? You know, we're here to learn in school, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm a serious student. You know, and she's like the shy, kind of nerdy, you know, geeky but cute girl kind of thing. So I thought that was a little heavy-handed. And the jocks was, you know, had a scene with his mom. Hey, mom, don't worry. I'm going to do well in school so I can play football. And the nerds was like, you know, he's playing video games, but he also needs to be doing... Not his homework, but somebody else's homework, the jocks. So, so that's how they set him up at the beginning. Then and tell, tell me about the transition, Dad. Okay, so they go in the transition, and they have this video game. They find it. And you know, for those of you that don't play a lot of video games, which is me, um, in a lot of video games at the beginning, you kind of pick an avatar or a character to play as. And this is, I think, was the, what really made the movie kind of really work for me, was that they did a great job of making the character in the beginning pick an avatar to play in the game 
that is their, you know, 180 opposite. So they got to learn from their weaknesses. So the jock became, you know, who's probably six, four became like five, four, five, six, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, you know, who, who looks like a pretty good athlete, but he's like tiny. Uh, the popular girl, she, the avatar she picked, turns out to be like a middle-aged Jack Black. Yeah. Jack Black, you know, who's a zoologist. Um, or cryptologist? I've forgotten who who was who. Was that? Yeah, it was a cryptologist, and the zoologist was Kevin Hart, I think. Okay, Kevin Hart. Oh yeah, it was so, definitely Kevin Hart. All right, so there were some moments where it was like, "How do I know this?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the beautiful girl became, you know, middle-aged, you know, fat guy. Um, the quirky girl became Karen Gillan, you know, gorgeous, tall model girl, and the nerdy guy became The Rock. You know, big old stud. So that was that was fun choice, and and they made it in a good way. Like so, the the names of the avatars were like ambiguous. So it's not like they were picking these roles on purpose because like, oh, I want to challenge myself and grow as a person. I'm gonna be somebody I'm different than. No, they were just trying to be like whatever they were attracted to or they were responded to. But the names were so ambiguous, you couldn't really tell what they were getting into. And that kind of made it fun. Ambiguous. Hello, I'm Dr. Bravestone. Okay, all right. That was not, that was not ambiguous. But I was, uh, you're right, nothing ambiguous about that. But, but as far as the uh, thinking of the popular girl going to Jack Black, his name was like a name like Pat. And no, it was like, could it have was been, you know. Beth. It was Beth, and she thought it was like Bethany, but it turns out it was like. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think it, <laughs> I don't think it was Beth. But it was something else like that where it could have been. You know, <laughs> like, like uh, whatever. All right, <laughs> it wasn't Beth, but you get the idea. Definitely, I think it was it was Beth. Well, if you can make Beth make sense on that, then maybe it was Beth. If you can give me the guy version, but uh, um. so I don't think it was Beth. But anyways, so, so Hank, take us through a little bit of the the gameplay, or, or or should we say the middle of the movie? You know, it was very funny. They have three lives and each of them I think like dies two times right well, let's not get of- too ahead of ourselves on that but so they have three marks on their arm right and that's that that's their players correct yeah that's their yeah that's their lives okay so <laughs> and the first thing Radio that they're silence. charged with doing by the by the game is you know they have somebody who greets them and says oh hey you're here you know let's you have to go find something, you know, find a map, right? Or find a missing piece of the map. Yeah, there's different levels. They try to find the missing piece of the map, but on the way they find another player that's been sucked into the game and turns out he was the missing piece, which if you think about it, is kind of weird since he's a player and the game would have no idea that he'd be this helpful. Or that he'd be there because they're supposed to be starting with that character. Well, maybe they're not supposed to be starting with the character. Maybe the character, maybe the game always works that way. Or that you're always supposed to try to find the pilot, you know. And if you're playing as the pilot, I guess you you don't get to be a part of the beginning game. I don't know. You're right. That might be just where they kind of kind of made it work to to make the plot work. Um, 
and I don't think we need to go through the entire movie and, and, and certainly spoil kind of what the fun of it is, but the because there is a lot of joy in seeing these actors, you know, embody both their physicality and then the emotionalism of the exact opposite of that. Seeing Dwayne Johnson be like a scared, nervous nerd is fun. Seeing Karen Gillan act like she doesn't know how to flirt is fun. Uh, seeing, seeing Jack Black, you know, embody this teenage girl is a lot of fun. So I think they did a they did a great job with that. I thought. Kevin Hart didn't really have to. Kevin Hart was just Kevin Hart. Yeah, he was pretty Kevin Hart like. But again, Kevin Hart gets paid, you know, a lot of money to be funny, and he and he was. He had a lot of the good lines. Yeah. Uh, what are the things that anything that bothers you about the movie? There wasn't much that really bothered me to say, like except for the beginning. But they could have made it a little less cliche the beginning for two minutes. But again, they like I don't want to get us off on that tangent. <laughs> um, kind of how they felt about characters dying. Like, remember that scene where Beth, Annie. Beth, because that's totally the character name, um, like, transfers one of her lives into someone who dies. They they kind of made that very quickly. They, like, did that relationship very quickly, like, yeah. the first time they see, it's immediately attracted. Yeah, I get that, too. There, there was some instant connection there that felt a little, felt a little rushed. And also with some of the uh, the dialogue between the two girls, like they were again, they're not you know friends in high school. They came together as friends a little too quickly for me, also. But again, you know, you're trying to get in another in ninety minutes, and and they're get also the trying done. to survive too. That's kind yeah. of important. I, I'm going to bring up one thing that did bother me. Uh, one of the characters, the pilot, who is the quote, you know, the missing piece. They find out about uh, you know his weakness. You know, just like most video games, their characters have strengths and weaknesses. His weakness was uh, mosquitoes. And so that is actually how he dies. He gets bitten by a mosquito. You know, this one thing, and the girl saves his life. But come on. You know there was just like 80... There's, there's never just one mosquito hanging out. You, you knew that he's like, he probably got 100 bites like right after that also. So that was... I mean, it, it took me out of the story a little bit. Again, I know I'm not expecting it. It's not reality. I get that. But if you're, you know, you're setting up the rules for your story, you know, you've got to abide by the rules of your story. And so that felt a little, a little weird and cheap. So I didn't like that part. But that overall, you know, I was, I was dreading this movie, quite frankly. I was not looking forward to seeing this at all. And it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was a lot better. It's very similar to how you felt about Central Intelligence, which is another Kevin Hart in the Rock movie. Yeah, I was really even more so dreading that one. And that one, again, I let my son see it. Actually, my wife let my son see it. There's a ton of cussing in that movie, so I don't know that you necessarily want your, you know, 9, 10, 11-year-old to see Central Intelligence, you know. I feel like 11 is good age. Yeah, 11. I think, like, late 10... And 11 or like, yeah, like late 10, maybe mature late nine is the good age. And this movie was not quite as mature, right? No. Now there's some, there's some jokes like, you know, about anatomy and biology. Cause you have a teenage girl going into a male body and 
you know, he does go to the bathroom. So there's some comments along those lines, but none of those felt like overly adult. Yeah. No, those, yeah, those didn't feel overly adult. So would you recommend this movie to people, to people, Hank? Yes, I would. I would recommend this to kids of, kids of mature eight to, well, mature eight's kind of the minimum, like, I wouldn't recommend this movie to, uh, that's gonna sound wrong, I wouldn't recommend this movie to, like, a 70-year-old, but I guess. (laughs) I was worried more about what age appropriate for children. I would say 10, 11, kind of, I don't know. I, I would say I would say mature eight. All right, all right. I, I'm not sure I would agree with that. Says the person who walks central intelligence at like age seven. So yeah, that's that's just good parenting. Um, amazing parenting. So, uh, so adults, you know, don't dread this movie. I don't want to build it up too much because again, it's not crazy. Now, it's not amazing. Now, the people in the theater we saw it loved it more than we did. They were laughing out loud. They were yelling at the screen. They were going nuts. Um, so I don't think it was that good, but it was, you know, it was much better than I thought it was going to be. Should we rate this movie, Hank? Yeah. How should we rate this movie? Uh, let's see. They were trying to get the gem of Jumanji. Uh, that was the kind of the end point of the game to send them back into the real world. Why don't we rate this uh, in gems of Jumanji's? All right. How many would you give it out of five? Three and a half. All right. I can see that. It wasn't a great movie, but I enjoyed it. All right. I'll agree with that. I'm going to give it a three gems of Jumanji. Again, much better than I expected, but not, you know, something I'm going to watch again, probably. Hank, any final thoughts on Jumanji? Final thoughts are I want to get sucked into my favorite video game. And what would that be? What would your favorite video game? What if you were gonna get sucked into a video game? What would it be? Uh, maybe not my favorite video game. Maybe like yeah, it doesn't be your favorite. Just one you think would be fun to be actually in. Um, what game would I um? What are some? Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna answer it while you think about what you would go. And I think my answer is gonna be Goat Simulator. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Goat simulator. I think goat it would simulator. Be awfully fun to be a goat. Be a goat and run around, destroy things, and do flips. And you know and what the best jump part off is? High buildings. You don't die. You don't die. That's another. You get good run thing. over a car. You just, just, you just get back up. Just get back up. Yeah. So I think uh, goat simulator would be mine, Hank. So you're, you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna jump on the goat simulator bandwagon. All right. Outstanding. Um, awesome. So that does it for Jumanji. Hank, what are you reading these days? Um, I'm reading, um, well, there's a, I'm finishing up the Agatha Christie short story book. Oh, good. Yes. Those are, they've been very interesting. There's been some very, very good mysteries. Okay, good. Good, And I would recommend this. I would recommend maybe the Agatha Christie mystery genre to kids a little bit younger <coughs> than me and, and kids my age. I would, would not wouldn't recommend a whole mystery book, because at least in my opinion, short stories are better for little, little-er kids when 
they might not want to wait an entire read an entire book just for the answer to a question that makes a lot of sense i'm also reading some short stories uh the Story of Your Life and Other Stories by Ted Chang, I believe it is. Chang, do, maybe? Do, do you really know how to pronounce it? I do name? not know how to pronounce his name. You need, you need to, by, by next podcast, I want you to know how to pronounce his last name. I will, uh, I will hopefully remember to do that because I, I feel very unprepared. But it's C-H-I-A-N-G, uh, an incredible writer. Uh, I'm only about halfway through it, but two of the stories already have been just flat out amazing they're just so good so so good so i would highly recommend that um yeah that does it for this episode thank you guys for joining us uh i'm michael owl and uh we'll see you next time bye thank you for listening to the owls on culture podcast our theme music was recorded and assembled by marine cerzier and antoine haran the show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh-huh.